I'm Jason Thomas. Welcome to the Hardway MBA, where we empower ambitious corporate professionals. That's you, right? With real-world business knowledge. We interview business leaders who are gracious enough to share their strategic insights and tactical activities to improve your business and career. If you enjoy these interviews, please spread the word because nothing says thank you as well as a referral to your friends and colleagues. Now let's dive in. Welcome, welcome, folks. Jason Thomas with the Hardway MBA. Very excited to introduce you to another guest, uh, Bob Stolzberg. Bob and I have known each other, I guess, just for a few weeks now, Bob. But um, I, Bob's got a pretty exciting role with an exciting new product in uh, it, here in St. Louis. Um, Bob, can you introduce yourself in a sentence or two? Absolutely. Hey, uh, first of all, Jason, I really appreciate the opportunity to be here. And I want to thank all their listeners for their time. Hopefully we'll have some good content. My name is Bob Stolzberg. I am a principal engineer and technology evangelist for CenturyLink here in St. Louis. In my uh, day-to-day job, I work in our cloud business unit to integrate third-party technologies, automate them, and make them available in our marketplace. Once it's available in our marketplace, that's when a lot of the, the fun continues and we evangelize the technology to teach people about it, create awareness, uh, which will you know, hopefully convert into a sale. Yeah, it's interesting, and that that idea of evangelism is one of the things that we're going to get to. Um, I think it's also interesting. Bob has a a background, and I would encourage everybody to go out and uh, and look up Bob Stolzberg on LinkedIn. It's a unique enough name; you can probably find him. He's here in St. Louis. Um, look at some of the the career path that Bob has taken, and we're going to touch on some of those things. But that career path has given you, I think, some pretty unique insights into the way people use technology. Um, so uh, that's where I want to start this conversation. And, you know, this is the hard way MBA. So we're all about business, not yep. technology. So what are business people missing about technology that could really help them or, or you know, get where they want to go faster? That's a really good question. I think, you know, I don't know if, if it's what they're missing. It's what they're not considering or thinking about mm-hmm. because, you know, you can learn a lot of stuff, but it's it's understanding how people are using that technology to get value or to benefit their life. Um, you know, I mean, look at Apple, for example. They create personal technology devices that, you know, blow the world away. But they, I think what, what's why I bring that up is because they understand how people are using their technology. They make it really personal, um, and and that's their business. It's it's much different than um, you know having a piece of software that does something. The business needs to understand how people are going to use that, take value out of it, and then you know uh, understand the results they want to get from their users and tailor their uh, marketing campaigns or what have you accordingly. But it's, you know, it's it's thinking about all of the different things that are out there and how they can be applied and, and how people are going to use them. That's it. So I think it's interesting that you, uh, being a technologist yourself, uh, you boil this down to the the people side of things. Um, from your answer there, you, you talked more about people and what are people getting from it than you did the technology itself. Um so as you're looking at at what you what you guys are doing there at CenturyLink, I think is there's probably some good examples buried there. Talk to us a little bit about how you know, how do we pull that information out of the the people we're we're serving, um, end users or consumers, whoever those may end up being. Our the the people we're we're serving need this, and how do you get 
how do you how do you start to understand the value they can derive from it? Oh, it's just asking the right questions and having a conversation. Um, I think most importantly, though, it's it's personally using the technology uh, and putting yourself in that user's shoes to try and understand. But it's you know having the the feedback with your user community uh, or that specific user to understand what what they're going to get out of it. Um, but most importantly. You know, what I tell a lot of the, the people that I meet here in sales is you have to use these products to be intelligent about them, to relate to your users so that you can ultimately sell this thing. But if, if you don't use this and, and you don't get feedback from your people about how to make it better, what they want to get out of it, it's not going to go anywhere. Yeah, and I think you're uh, you're touching on some things there that uh, you've got to use the product yourself. Um, you have to understand what what your users are are doing with it and relate to them. Really, you've got to be pretty uh, empathic. You've got to have a high level of empathy for what are these people going through, what what's their their emotional state, their physical state, their all of the things that surround them. Yeah, absolutely. So the let's. I want to kind of take a step into your career path, if you don't mind. Um, you know, mostly technical as I look back through your LinkedIn profile here. 100% technical. That's my bread and butter. You've also uh, you touched within that technical world, marketing, sales, uh, operations, mm-hmm. development teams. And I, Consulting, all of those those people have a different lens that they view the world through, right? Absolutely. Different different business lens, yes. Yeah, so how do you think as you're trying to relate to those different stakeholders – and let's maybe take them one at a time. I mean – Let's think about uh, let's think about sales. You brought up sales as you're talking to salespeople. I would imagine as an evangelist, you relate to salespeople pretty frequently. Um, How do you advise them? on working with clients to uh, move the ball forward? Well, the first thing I would tell them is this is the show me state. (laughs) Seeing is believing. Don't talk about it. Don't throw up a presentation. Just show them. And if they're not the right people, bring their right technical people and, and align your technical people and show them how this works. This is what it does. This is how it works. This is the value or result that you're going to get out of this thing. And in, and in my line of work, right, when I do that with the CenturyLink cloud platform, it sells itself. My sales reps are like, how did you, how did you close a deal, convert a sale in 15 minutes sometimes? And it's easy. It's not rocket science. I showed them the solution. I answered their questions I held their hand and explained it in an intelligent way and answered all their questions. And they decided on the spot, once they saw it, yes, that will meet my needs. Yes, that will you know, be able to support my long-term business roadmap and, and strategy. It's that simple of show people, put it in their hand, you know? Yeah. And you know, I, and I've seen you do this. Um, so I, I have a, an interesting, I have a perspective on what you're saying and how you do that. And you do have a great way of showing people. Um, I think one of the things that you do uh, well, and I want you to talk about it a little bit, is you, you show the, you can show a product. I mean, I can sit down and show a product. 
And, you know, every product has uh, an hour or two hours worth of content if I decided I wanted to show you everything, right? Oh, sure. That's not how you do it. I've watched you. You don't do two-hour demos. Uh, help us understand if you're if I'm going to demo this thing, put it in their hands as you say it, uh, how do I know what they need to see? All right. This is, that's an easy question. And I would – to kind of to kind of reconnect it back to your sales question, right? Like, who? How would you explain that to a sales rep? But this is just like buying a luxury vehicle, okay? And and maybe and I compare this. Cloud is just like buying a car. You might need to buy a car and get in a lease for a year, and it's going to get you by. And you're buying based on cheap price and value, right? Because you're trying to save money to to get into something bigger. But maybe. You're that CIO, that baller that needs to, to get into that benzo, right? And and here's the analogy that I use when I talk to my sales reps. I go, how I, I literally ask them, raise your hand. How many of you own a Mercedes, a, a Lexus, a BMW, an Infinity? Usually more than half of the hands go up in the room. Mm -hmm. And I go, when you bought that car, did you have the expectation from the salesperson to show you every bell and whistle on there? No, but you did have the expectation for them to show you what was important to you, like the big cup holder, like the cruise control, like the heated seats, the whatever. Everyone has their own thing. Maybe you needed to know where the button was that shot out the umbrella in the door because, you know, you're looking at a really high end car. The point is this. Those sales reps that sell those high end cars can't do it unless they drive them unless they put miles on that stuff, right? Because when they meet the customer, they're adapting to their personality and the perception, and then they're just explaining you know, the features of this thing. But the most important thing is the experience, that sales process experience, and having that customer get excited and motivated and feeling empowered, and it's gonna solve all their problems, and man, they're gonna drive off that lot, and life is gonna be better. It's the same thing with cloud computing. The difference is between a car and a cloud, the price tag. But I think with, with cloud, you have to show that vehicle to a lot more people than just one person making the decision. Um, what I also tell my reps that I talk to is, you know, you have to be an expert on using your product if you're going to sell it. I I'm an expert on my cloud because I use it every day. I practice it just like those dealers drive their cars home. And, you know, on the weekends, they use that stuff. They, they mm -hmm. clock more miles. And so I, you know, I tell people, you don't have to do use everything with your cloud platform, but you got to be on there. You got to, you know, know how to do it. Sales reps, in my opinion, have to be able to give a demo. You know what? I have uh, someone's knocking on my door. We've got a tour from Maryville University's students here. It's a good group. Jason, if I can ask you to pause it, I need to give uh, a quick little hi yeah. and, and, and Bob Stolzberg motivational speech here. So give me <laughs> one moment. It, all right. Go for it. Right. Okay. Hold on one sec. Hi, guys. Oh, sweet. Hey, I'm Bob Stolzberg. Brian, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, Jason. Hi, Lauren. Welcome. And Dustin. Dustin? 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 Awesome. So you get you give me a tour? Y
Well, I apologize. I was doing an interview for a, a podcast on NBA the hard way. Okay. And they're just interested in like, century like St. Louis and Cool. These are like really fun too. Yeah, they're fun. Oh yeah. IT. Yeah. Oh, cool. So, 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 yeah. Information systems secretary. Okay. Yep. So if you could do one of the three things I mentioned, tell me which one you think is most appealing to you. Um, make a lot of money, help people, or change the world with innovation. One, two, three. What's most important for you? Yeah, it's a good answer. Man, well, we got a lot of triggers here. Well, what's cool is we get to do all of those things here at CenturyLink. Um, it's a great place to work. I've been here since 2005. I started at SAP, so we across the street. We got bought in the century. Like, we've done a lot of strategic acquisitions that I'm sure we forget about, but it is like such a fun place to work because we're building the future. Um, I don't know what we do throughout the business, but um, you know, Century has this massive network of the third largest telco in the United States. We've got the fourth largest cloud platform. So as the future rolls this stuff out, right? talking about managed services and integrations and technologies, uh, from especially on the security side, rather than bring that into a bigger network. We have one pane of glass, one web portal, provision infrastructure anywhere, Amazon, CenturyLink, Azure, like network stuff too, not just cloud assets, like that's really game changing. What's so cool is like we're building it here, right next door to you guys, you know? And so it's exciting to meet folks like you because you know, I, I would consider you guys a part of our and we want your feedback on this stuff. Like, there's no reason why you shouldn't use our technology. We're right here. We've got all these resources to tap into, like the guys on that wall. It's our whole client security team. Yeah. Oh, awesome, right? Like, those are resources for you guys to tap into. Just come up and be like, hey, I got a question, you know? Or if they, you've got feedback about our cloud, we'll give you a prize at the moment. I forget what you say. Um, like, yeah, we do all sorts of technical events here once a month as well. Got, I don't know offhand when the next one is, but we've got their contact info. So here's the cool stuff. Get you engaged. Um, it's a lot of fun. We are literally changing the St. Louis community to a bigger impact on the nation and delivering global communication. Do you guys partner with AWS or Azure? No, but yes, they're a direct competitor. Our right. simple yeah. backup service, for example, if you choose archive storage, which means if you back your stuff up with our service, but we will offsite it and we We don't advertise that to customers sure. because we have an SLA wrapped around sure. it. But like we all cooperatively work together. Like Yahoo and Amazon are so essential They buy network and sure. co-location space. There's yeah. a lot of uh, competitive cooperation that occurs right. in this industry. Right. One piece of advice I'll give you guys if, um, as your, your careers are blossoming, you work for a company and your competitor has something to add, like an outage, don't bet. Always, you know, talk about positive things on social media, especially. But, but just empathize with your competitors, because number one, you never know when they're your customer. Number two, you never know when you might end up working with them. Acquisitions. Yeah, there's people who are not so much here because, like, you know, try to retain people, pay them, I'll take care of them. It's a fun place to work. So, but you never know. People end up Jones. Wells Fargo, there's, there's a little circuit. So you just never know. But um, is there any questions that, that I can answer for you guys? What we do?
CTO SEO. Right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Need to get that. Check it out. It's true. And then that, that Jason, give me about 30 more seconds. Cool. Okay. I printed this out, but uh, it's got our Wi-Fi password. It's also got a promo code for 3000 bucks. So you literally take this bag, go to our website at the bottom, sign up, it'll ask for your credit card, put it in, put this promo code in, you'll get $3,000 credit. will not get charged on your credit card until you go over the 3000 bucks. The credit does not expire, so you literally spend up like a VM on it for years. You guys have like kids of Minecraft, spin up a Minecraft. You want to do any development work? Like, use us. We're right next door. We want to help you guys. It's no problem to give you and academic friends credits, but like, we want to help you guys and maybe turn that into some job. Sorry. Keep it in mind. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna email all you guys too, and I'll get your email. So that way, if you have any questions, like, consider me a resource. Check it out on LinkedIn. Yeah, do so. Yeah. So, pleasure to meet you guys. Yeah. Thank you very much for coming. Are you still there? I'm here. Were you rolling and recording all that? Did you hear that? I never stopped recording. I just cut it later. Okay, cool. Yeah, it's I, I don't I, I fear forgetting to turn it back on. <laughs> um, yeah, well I did it once uh where I I thought I hit record. Um but I might not have hit record because I never could find the recording. I felt so bad. We had to do it again. And the first one was better. Um, so that was sad. <laughs> did you hear what I was talking about? That might be some good content if you want to use it. Yeah, yeah I did hear it. And I may, I may, I'll kind of go through and see. Uh, I very well may use that. Um, Up to you. So the, uh, I we think were, that's interesting. I mean, what we just heard there. Um, what I heard, and I don't know if we'll leave it in or not, we'll, we'll figure that out, was you evangelizing. Um, Absolutely. I think it's, a, it's a good segue, and I'm, you know, we may want to come back to um, how you think about marketing operations and, and dev teams and, and their relating to them as stakeholders in a, from a technology perspective. But I, think, I don't want to lose this opportunity to talk about evangelism versus marketing versus sales. Sure. It is a good segue. Um, what we just heard was you evangelizing uh, the platform, uh, partnership with local uh, universities. Um, so let's start with start with helping us define the term evangelism, because I'm not sure how I would define it. I I do not know. Um, okay. You might want to like call up Guy Kawasaki and ask him because he would probably have a much better definition. My definition is. Evangelism is um, passionate advocism, and it's cheerleading, man. That's what it is. I am in my in my job. I wear a lot of hats. I've pushed mops here at CenturyLink, but I also put on the uh, the skirt and grab the pom poms, and I'm a cheerleader. But the most important thing I, I think is it's passion, right? It's also being um, you have to have have conviction of your product or service. Right. Like I was saying earlier, you got to use the thing. Well, I use it. I, I, I get value. I talk to my partners. They tell me about their value. I talk to customers and they tell me about the results and the value they get. And that, that makes me excited to sh want to share that information with others. Yeah. I mean, evangelism is just basically sharing information with people. It's 
most of the time in a positive manner. I mean, uh, uh, and, and some people call it marketing. I just call it, you know, uh, I'm a straight shooter. I, I tell people what I know. I give them the facts and I just let them make a decision. It's I, in my, my, I guess for lack of a better phrase, my sales process of showing people, which is really just evangelism, which is just a demo. It's just a passionate, uh, demonstration or, or, or exemplifying your product and service through your corporate values, you know? Like we're uh, CenturyLink's corporate values, you know, there's honesty, transparency, collaboration. Um, and I just try to exemplify all of those things in my interactions with users, not necessarily customers, users. So I'm, I'm teasing apart, teasing that apart a little bit. I, I before I weigh in, I'm going to ask you to uh, kind of compare and contrast evangelism and sales, right? Because right now I'm seeing evangelism as a, a subset or a function of marketing. If mm-hmm. you're, you know, you're out there in front of people mm-hmm. and you're demonstrating the, if I, I coming at it from a marketing perspective, the brand personified, so to sure. speak, um, that's a, a, a passionate advocate and cheerleader doing oh. that. Um, Sales has a, a little bit of a different function in my mind. I want to get your your perspective there. What's right. how does how does what you do compare to sales, and and where's the overlap, and where's the the non? Um, how I communicate it within my business, and I have to do this pretty frequently because it is a change. It's a new concept to people. Mm-hmm. Sales and marketing are without a doubt you know, essential, critical to business. But what they do is very macro focused. It's big picture stuff. What I do with my partners and my evangelism and what our, what my, my business unit does is very strategic. It's tactical. It is very micro. So if you want to use the words micro marketing versus macro marketing, in my opinion, with, with what I'm doing in my day-to-day right now, we are focusing on micro-marketing, looking at specific applications and infrastructure, use cases, and evangelizing those business values, benefits, results, whatever, okay? Mm-hmm. It's, it's very like, – like with what we work on sometimes, it's, it's site-core-focused, um, or WordPress, or, you know, a mean or elk stack-focused, whereas with, with – Corporate marketing and sales, it's very macro focused. It's big picture. It's carpet bomb. You know, they're going after whole geos or uh, nationwide campaigns trying to, you know, hit a million people and get one to stand out. I'm trying to get 50 people and get 10 of them to stand out because I have a very narrow lens of it or, or strategic attack. Okay. So, mm-hmm. There's there's micro and there's macro. And I think with, with what the corporate marketing people do, it is it is absolutely critical and important, but it's just it's a different tactical attack. Right. Like they're going after uh, they're bombing a city versus guys like me who are in the trenches, in the streets, taking it block by block. to Yeah. Win. So that is almost the exact same way I think about marketing. And sales. Um, not that my way is right. Trust me, I don't 
believe that. That's why we're here to kind of have this. But um, so when I think about uh, sales from a business to business perspective, um, I think marketing has that that macro thing um, that you just described. They're carpet bombing, and I am the sniper um, if yes. from a, a sales perspective. Um, as an evangelist, that means your your role. It, is somewhere in the you're somewhere in the trenches with me as a salesperson mm-hmm. and you're also relating to those those marketing folks and probably in a similar way that that your sales folks are um so how do you i mean you've talked a little bit about how you you advise your sales teams how do your sales teams work with you like walk us through how effectively a uh a B two B, you know, enterprise level sales uh, person and and prospective client would work mm-hmm. with with you as an evangelist. Sure. Well, I can I'll speak from recent experience and where we've seen a lot of success is um, by bringing me in early to have conversations, right? Because why we do this is I'm an engineer. I, I'm not in a sales organization. I'm in a totally right. different cloud BU that has no, I don't carry a number. I'm only here to state the facts and evangelize my tech. And that gives me a lot of credibility yeah. and an integrity that by nature, unfortunately, most salespeople do not get. There is a stigmata around salespeople that they're very uh, non-technical, coin-operated, sleaze bags. And yeah. I know that's not the case. Well, and earned or not, you're right. It's there. Right. And, 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 and don't get me wrong. If it's a new logo, if it's a new B2B relationship, there is, that is a hurdle you have to get over. Um, but where my reps have, have been seeing results is, Hey, I'm going to bring my technical guy in. That's got no allegiance to sales. I, I mean, that's not necessarily true, but, um, you know, I'm just here to be an, an agnostic, fact teller, you know, and show people. And I can get in there and just with the way I operate and the way my team operates, we can wow people. Like, don't show up with a presentation. I'm showing up to log into the cloud portal, show them what they want to see and articulate it. And then from there, the salespeople, like the the door is open, our foot is in there, the onion is peeled back, we suddenly have, uh, you know, the hooks in, right? Because right. we've got their attention. We are helping them understand the decisions that they need to make because oftentimes the customers don't. They're just, you know, deer in the headlights and we've got to distill it down for them. But we've, right. you've got that relationship open. Um, but I also help, you know, coming in, you know, at any point because I can talk about technology at any stage, pre-sales, post-sales, steady state, you know, research and development because I'm actively using my my company's cloud platform and our various products and services that are built into it. So I can come in and talk about that at any time, you know, whether it's a QBR to learn about upcoming technologies and roadmap or, hey, let's let's get this guy in here to help, you know, show them the cool things we could do to help develop uh, an opportunity. A lot of times we go in not knowing if there is an opportunity. That's it's so because it's so difficult to identify it on, you know, in a number of ways. And so we just show people and they go a week and then you ask the intelligent questions 
how could you use this? Do you have any applications that you need to spin up quickly or automate things, you know? And then once you show people, shut up, ask the right questions and listen, and they'll tell you everything that you need to know. And that's, I think, you know, I've had a lot of recent successes in St. Louis uh, advocating CenturyLink's investment in our community, the fact that the cloud is made here in West County. You can come and see it, take a tour, meet the engineers that make it, get engaged with them at our number of events. And then like the product sells itself. Look at what you could do, how it has, you know, a better UI than Amazon. It's easier to use. And, you know, there's, there's just simply enough getting in early, stating the facts, talking about what we do, um, and showing people is I think yeah. how we're getting results. Yeah. Cool. That's how we're winning. Yeah. Cool. So, and, and I think there are some, uh, some tidbits there that, uh, people can pull out. If you find yourself in that evangelist role, listen back through that. And just like Bob does with the technology, um, and, and helping people see themselves, use it, uh, see yourself evangelizing your product or services, First, take off the sales hat. Like, don't sell. You're not there to sell, right? I mean, right. don't carry a number. Um, and be a truth teller, regardless of whether it's good for your bottom line or not. Uh, that's one of the things that I think Bob, uh, that I've seen Bob do really well, is like, be a, an advisor. You earn that advisory status by delivering like, candid uh, advice. Yep. It is not lining your own pockets. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's really simple. It's just looking out for the customer, asking the right questions um, and being honest. You know, I mean, it's it's not tough to do, in my opinion. It's but it, it's well, what's habit. tough. What's tough is having chops. Uh, you got to have the chops to do what you're you're charged to do, um, which goes back to use your product, know your space. And, uh, you know, you mentioned You've been at uh, you've been at CenturyLink Savas since 2005, I think yep. I heard during your your talk to the Maryville kids. That's right. Uh, putting that amount of time into the uh, <laughs> into the space, uh, you know, you got your 10,000 hours to to quote Malcolm Gladwell. So mm-hmm. you you've got some breadth, you've got some depth across a variety of things, uh, and there's no secret to that, guys. I mean, that's this is for the audience. Bob gets this. This is for the audience. There's no secret to that. That's what we keep demonstrating here at the Hardway MBA. Everybody we bring on talks about uh, some of this stuff isn't that hard. Yeah, we're bringing experts on, so it's not that hard. They've put in the time. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll give you a, 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 I really appreciate you you mentioning that, and I'm really flattered, Jason, because my career path is is very different, and and I haven't met anybody that that has something similar. And I'll give you a quick you know, 45 second overview. I do not have a college degree. That's my biggest regret. You know, um, I'm one of the the kids that got out of high school in the late nineties. And as soon as I got out of high school, I had a job offer doing Unix administration. And I was, you know, one of the guys making, you know, 10 bucks an hour answering the phones in my career, but I'm, I'm a very motivated, passionate go-getter. My dad, that is self-employed and owns a successful business. So I have a lot of the, uh, um, you know, something to look up to and influence to, to drive myself. And throughout my years, I mean, I'm a guy that started in operations. I started my own companies. Um, I sold them all when I 
uh, had a, a chance job come up like out of the blue. Hey, come work at Savas. You know, you get to run uh, some of the Fortune 50 brands, you know, hundreds of servers for Coca-Cola, Hallmark, Procter & Gamble, Condé Nast, like really cool companies. I'm like, this is where I want to be. And so I sold a lot of uh, my own businesses. I was a web host. I was a consultant. Um, I, I re- and at the time, you know, I was having kids. So I focused my career, my IT career, uh, solely at Savas. I used to work for Tech Mahindra, uh, AG Edwards, Charter, Sprint, Energizer. I mean, back in the 90s, you could you could hop around. But I would put my roots in at Savas because I was like, this is where I want to be, the enterprise game. Um, and I was in operations. I was a, a tier four guy, which is, you know, the ceiling of, of engineers at that organization. Um, I was designing solutions, implementing them, supporting them, and I hit my ceiling and I needed to get out. And I moved into our consulting organization. And for those of you that have ever worked as a consultant in the enterprise IT space, you know it is not easy. Uh, you know, you're on the road four days a week, uh, grinding really hard, working on really cool projects. I did that for, uh, for a year plus. Uh, almost two years. And then, um, you know, where I where I really wanted to be, I thought was in sales because I looked around and I saw guys making millions of dollars. And I'm like, I could do that in a heartbeat. I'm 10 times smarter than them. I used to do that chasing $20 a month web hosting deals, you know, <laughs> right. to pay my mortgage. I need I need 100 of those guys and I got it. So I could sell that stuff. And I went to my leadership. I literally funny story. I went to our senior vice president of North America. And we were doing a, um, an EBC, an executive briefing with a very large, uh, greeting card company. I can't name them due to NDAs, but all of them around. And it was their 11 year customer anniversary. And the sales rep didn't even recognize that fact. I went to the store the night before, bought a dozen cards that that company made, walked around, had all of our executives sign it, and showed up at this meeting to wow them, gave them these cards, gave a card to the SVP of North America sales. It had a picture of a baby on the front. And the baby was just like a little headshot, baby wearing sunglasses with like wind blowing in the hair. And you open the card up and it said, you're so cool. And I wrote, James Parker, I can help you make a lot of money, period. And when the meeting got over, he left with all the execs. He gave me the motion. He goes, I'm going to set up a meeting with my EA. Long story short, I told the guy I want to be in sales. He goes, you need to be a sales engineer first. I can't just like take a risk and, and put you in sales. Meanwhile, in case you didn't know, what, what really lit my butt on fire was years prior, all these guys at Savas that were making that I saw were making good money in sales. I wanted to be in sales. The sales leadership said to me, and I quote, you will never be in sales here. You will have to leave the company and come back if you ever want to sell for us. And that was like a knife in my heart. It twisted and it, it inspired me so much. So fast forward a year, I drop that card off to the new SVP of sales, tells me I need to be an SC. I get that gig. I do that for two years. And then I had to move from St. Louis to Austin because I wanted that. I did that. And then as luck would have it, Hey, there's an opening back in St. Louis. Why don't you, why don't you take that job up here, move back to the same house? Anyways, like the point is, Jason, I'm very well-rounded because I stepped out of my comfort zone and I never settled on one specific silo or, or path, right? Like I didn't stick around in operations. I always went for like that next thing. And I love what I do right now because it's like a culmination of 
business development, integration and innovation, um, you know, operations and support and, uh, you know, just it's a lot. It's, it's, it's every job I've ever had rolled up into one sales and marketing, too. I can't believe I forgot those. But, you know, the point is this. I mean, if you want to get the MBA the hard way, you got to be well-rounded. You got to get out there and do different things and, and take a lot of risks just so that you can get the perspective of the entire landscape so you know where to invest your time where you are going to be successful in your quest. I, Folks, I think that's phenomenal advice. Um, I want to end with that. Uh, I don't think there's anything I can say that, uh, that would top that. That's perfect. Cool. I've, uh, I've got some, you asked me earlier before we started for like, Hey, give us a book recommendation or something. Yeah. yeah. Um, the number one book I would recommend is called the power of habit by Charles Duhigg. It's a great book. It will teach you how to reprogram your brain. Bob, if people are totally inspired, want to reach out to you and say thank you or want to learn more about the CenturyLink cloud platform or something like that, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you? Uh, good question. Email me, bob at ctl.io. And as a special gift for all of your listeners, I've got $3,000 in CenturyLink cloud service credits. If they go to ctl.io, sign up for an account and use the promo code in all caps, Bob Rocks, all one word, all caps, Bob Rocks, you'll get $3,000 in cloud service credits. You will not get charged on your credit card unless you go over that $3,000 and the credits do not expire. Spin up a Minecraft server for your kids. Have fun. Get into those workloads. And like I said earlier, if you want to be an expert in cloud, you've got to use it. I just gave you the keys so that you can have a risk-free trial to deploy workloads. Have fun. Get into it. Again, this was Bob Stolzberg. I'm a principal engineer and technology evangelist at CenturyLink here in St. Louis. Get a hold of me, bob at ctl.io. Jason? I really appreciate you giving me this opportunity to be on the MBA The Hard Way podcast. Thank you. That dude, it's my pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Hard Way MBA. Look us up on Twitter at Hard Way MBA. Our website's hardwaymba.com. Facebook, LinkedIn, we've got groups everywhere. If you don't guess we should be talking to, please make an introduction. Nothing says thank you to me like referring this podcast to your friends. Drop a link to them. Let them know they should listen. Thank you so much. At Hardway MBA. Our website's hardwaymba.com. Facebook, LinkedIn, we've got groups everywhere. If you don't guess we should be talking to, please make an introduction. Nothing says thank you to me like referring this podcast to your friends. Drop a link to them. Let them know they should listen. Thank you so much.